Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Welcome, my name is Pastor Dominic Grimaldi and you are listening to Street Talk Theology, where we keep theology real and we bring it to the streets. Hey guys, listen, uh, guys and girls, um, if you want to give me a shout out at pastorgrimaldi at gmail.com, I'd love to interact with you guys. But like I always say, Street Talk Theology is not about me. It's about how people bring their theology to the streets, whether that's in the home, the school, the marriage, the family, and the friendships. And we are continuing our interview with Dawn Thomas, who wrote the book, When God Calls, and obviously... It was concerning the death of a son, and we got into that uh, pretty well last week. But I want to I want to continue with Dawn. Dawn, say hello to everybody. Hello, hello. Thank you for Dawn having is, me back. Dawn is back, and um, we are uh, thankful and, and grateful to have her back to uh, to go over the book. And obviously, we know about Ryan. First of all, you have anything to say to the audience this morning before we start? Anything? No, thank you for being here. And if you have any questions, please reach out to the pastor and also myself, and we'll probably get into that a little bit later. Yeah, so we will. You. We'll we'll get some. We'll leave some information. But one thing, Dawn, if I may, the the other aspect of of Ryan's death, or we want to see from death to life. Can can I say that, if I may, is your husband Kevin. And I've we've had this discussion, me and you before, Ms. Dawn, about how people grieve differently. Yes. So that's that's basically my question. I, I'm going to frame the question like this. Did Kevin, your husband, Kevin, and you grieve differently? And how did you guys navigate that together? And I think that's a fair question, right? Absolutely. Um, and it's just, it's a, it, absolutely. So in answering that question, I um, initially... Uh, Kevin was on a uh, trip and um, I had to be the one to make that phone call. Um, and it was extremely difficult. I didn't actually get through the phone call. Um, he couldn't understand what I was saying because I was, you know, bawling so much. And, and uh, anyway, he, and he happened to be driving. So he had to, uh, kind of stop. And, and, um, the officer that was there that had delivered the information to me had to finish, um, telling him what had happened. And so of course he immediately had returned home. And all I could think about at the time was what, how absolutely alone he must felt, he must've felt because he, he didn't really know a whole lot of information and he was just to, to be able to drive safely from where he was and to get home safely was, I, I, I can't even imagine. We, we don't talk about too much on that drive. Yeah, to, you know, and I, I, reading the book, I, I think one of the one of the aspects of the book that kind of caught me was that was was Kevin was kind of blaming himself a little bit because they I guess him and him and his son, I guess they were I now listen, I'm from New York City, Dawn, so I don't even know what scouting is. <laughs> so when I read in the book and I didn't want to be like, hey Dawn, what's scouting? But I guess Ryan and his dad were supposed to go scouting 
first of all, you can help me. What is scouting? And second of all, because Kevin had to do something else and they didn't go scouting, <laughs> whatever that is. Kevin kind of blamed himself a little bit. But first, tell me what scouting is, please. Right, right. So for if there's any hunters out there, you're going to know exactly what um, I'm talking oh. about here. Um Kevin and Ryan were hunters and um, actually Ryan was kind of more in, in the initiation phase of hunting, but Kevin had been doing it for a little wet, a little bit. And so um, about the, the time of October and even into November, depending on when your hunt might be, uh, you kind of get out there and you scout and you find out where where are you going to kill? Notice he's got all the lingo where your hunt would be. Now, a guy from New York, I don't know right. much about hunting. But, so, but what I, I'm sorry, Dawn, what I do want to ask on this is Kevin blaming himself. I, I want you to talk about that and how maybe you, you guys discussed that. Right. So um, when, when he got back and, and after, I'm not sure exactly when this conversation took place with us, but. Um, I remember us talking and him saying that he, that, that Ryan wanted to go scouting and, you know, could he go? And, you know, because they had a hunt coming up in December and that he was unable to go uh, due to this pre-planned trip. So, and he kept saying, kind of saying to himself, if only, if only I had gone scouting, Ryan, if we had gone scouting, Ryan would be here. And my initial thought was, no, that I, I can understand how you're thinking that, but that that was not God's plan. Yeah, under God's exactly, and that's that's another question that that you know we ask about. Uh, I'd like to ask the hard providences of God. We see them throughout the Bible, um, where where things happen, and 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 we just don't understand, and so. How do you come to a biblical understanding? So do you have to continue to reflect on this? Do you continue to reflect on, say, what happened to Ryan? Why did it have to be? Or have you come to a place where you've just accepted the hard providences of God? Because this is hard providence, right? Yes, I mean, it is. So I think it's a fair question to say, are you settled in this? Is there times that you, again, not questioning God, that's not what I'm saying. Is there times that you just, just don't get it or just, I don't know, would you want it to be different? You know, that, those, are, those are fair questions, right? Actually, I love that last question you just asked. Um, and I'm going to tell you why I would not want it to be different. Because that would be the utter most selfish, selfish perspective I could ever come from. Because spending eternity with God and being back here on earth where it's nothing but evil and hell. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm I, not for a nanosecond. Would I want my son to be back in a place like this for my, for my purposes or for just because so I can see him or feel him or touch him again? He's with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is with God, the father, and he is in perfect peace and, and wonderfulness. And, and I, I, I kind of go into a chapter about heaven a little bit in, in the book. You do. You do. And, um, but, but what, whatever I have to say, or whatever a biblical theologian or scholar has to say is it, it only it doesn't even remotely scratch the surface of what God, the glory of what God brings actually the book of revelation. I think John, the apostle John probably comes the closest to a new heaven, a new earth for us. But um, no, I, I can't, I, I would never want him back. No, for 
for those selfish purposes. You, you know, Dawn, you mentioned Ryan being a 21-year-old. And I read in the book, there was a time in, in, the, in the book, obviously, but there was a time in your life with Ryan that you believed in your heart that he was a true believer. Yes. Now, we know Ryan at 21 years old. I mean, you know, uh, but there was some there was some things that we read that I read in the book that assured you of Ryan's salvation. And, and I think that's I'd like to ask that question, if I may. Yes. And I'm, I'm so glad you did, because that really is kind of a follow up to what the Lord did for me two months prior to his passing to uh, and I talk about what happened two weeks prior. Um, so roughly two weeks, um, Ryan was watching television. I happened to be cooking something in the kitchen. And um, what are you making, Dawn? I'm Italian. I always you like know what? Ask. I was making spaghetti because he loves spaghetti. So anyway, I was happened to be making spaghetti and and um, cooking, and we were kind of just conversing. And there was a, a newscast that came on about somebody who um, they were talking about a death, somebody who had died suddenly. And um, it, we he just we were just kind of listening to it and thinking about it, and and out of the blue. Ryan stopped. He, he actually muted the TV and he turned and he looked at me and he said, mom, I'm not afraid to die. And I thought, okay. Um, I know we just kind of heard this newscast. Uh, what, what he goes, no, mom, I, I need you to know I'm not afraid to die. And I said, Ryan, um, as I'm thinking, wow, that's extremely profound, especially right now in, in, in the middle of this, you know, in life right this moment, and I said, Ryan, um, thank you for sharing that, basically. And I said, to know, to know that you know that, that you, that you know where you're going when you die, you know who your God is, brought me peace that surpasses you all know, understanding. You know, think about this, and you talked about the, the providence of God. You think about, now think about if Ryan did not spend that two weeks with you. You might not right? I mean, for two you, months, right? the two months was it? Was it the final two months or was it? Two it, it was two months, and then the, okay, and then this conversation. Took oh, place this was two, two okay. weeks prior. So yeah. So so my point is, if you don't have that providential time with Ryan, um, you may not. In your own mind, you may have thought, "Where was my son at? Where was?" Was so God think about the kindness of God. He brought you guys together to give you the assurance of his salvation. Absolutely. And um, that was probably kind of the difference between where his dad was struggling and where I was uh, a little bit, you know, as, as time went on a little bit, because God had given me that conversation and that conversation, it, it, it came to me after hearing of the news. It came to me in the midst, in the depths of my pain and suffering. God gave me assurance that he was with him. And, you know, for, again, in, in the middle of it, and only the Lord Jesus Christ does this. He, he, he just, he loves you and he envelops you and he gives you assurances and he gives you the peace that, again, a non-believer could not possibly have because 
of their not knowing God. And, and I can't imagine, as I say in the book, I can't imagine any parent or anybody losing a loved one or being a non-believer and losing a loved one, you know, they end up suffering from this, this, their hearts are broken and they can't mend and they can't, they can't heal. But as a believer in, in, in the hope that Jesus has given us, and the compassion that God bestows on his, the ones that he loves, it just is, is overwhelming. And, and again, my words bring no justice. The words, or, or even any sort of, I, I don't know what to say other than it, they, it, they don't do justice to what the Bible and what God has given us. And he's given us him. He's given us him through his word. And for those that believe it's the, the peace and the hope in the midst of our darkest hours. One of the things that struck me um, poignantly, if I, if I may, was how you mentioned that this actually, this incident, this death of, of, of Ryan actually strengthened your faith. Mm, amen. Listen, <clears throat> usually something like this would weaken somebody's faith. And I think, and 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 I think Kevin went through some of those moments of of a, a weakening of faith, maybe. If if I'm reading the book right, and but you actually say this death from death to life um, actually strengthened your faith. I need to. We need to. Everybody needs to hear about that. Yes, and and it, it's so true because often in counseling, again, um, when people are going through suffering and they they're going through mm. grief, um, oftentimes you know they you know people will look for answers everywhere but the Bible, and um, and the only hope and peace that we truly get from suffering in this world. And the grief that we go through and the death that we go through is the life that happens after death. And so um, with that. So, so, uh, and, and that, that's my, that's, that's my fault for cutting off, cutting you off. But, but I do, but I do want to say this. So here's, here's my question. Here's, here's what I want to say just one more time, if I may. You were able to be strengthened. You were able to be strengthened through Ryan's death in your faith. And that's something that I, I, I just want you to think about. I know how I need to know something like that. I think the audience needs to know how you were strengthened through this. Well, again, um, the assurance of, of God just, um, just wrapping me just wrapping me up, just the Holy Spirit, just um, continually feeding me. Um, but I, I knew, you know, things, you know, God uses our suffering um, for a myriad of ways. Um, and for every life, it, it might be different. Um, but what I ended up doing is just instead of pulling back, I just, I pressed in, I wanted to know more. I actually wanted to share initially when, when I knew that I wanted to share um, the story of Ryan, um, I was going to take it in a, in a different direction and God had a different plan for, for me in the direction that, that he wanted it to go. But um, through that, 
um, in, in pressing on, I, that's how, how I became a biblical counselor because I really wanted to reach out to those that were hurting and grieving. And I wanted to, um, do what I could for God, because I can't imagine keeping to myself what he did for me and not sharing it with the world because that's, he's amazing that way. And I want everybody to, to feel and to know that kind of peace and that kind of love. And the fact that just, I think about, you know, no, nobody suffered worse than Jesus suffered. Exactly. Exactly. And Jesus is the whole Bible is about the gospel. It's all about Jesus. It's all about God. It's God's history. And Jesus starts in Genesis three fifteen, all the way through. So the, the whole point of suffering and God uses it as much as we are, we can be lost in our own stuff. He uses it for our good, but also for his glory, because what we're doing right now is for his glory. Amen. You know, Dawn, you talk about there's something in, I think it was in chapter eight. I'm not sure, but you talk about idols. Yes. Um, uh, something that I, I want you to talk about, I, I want you to expound on. So I always say this, I, and I'll give you my synopsis of that, but I want to hear you. I say things like Satan more times than not will supplement the good for the best. So and coming like an angel of light. But you did mention about idols, and I, I need you to um, expound on that if you can. And how does that fit into the story, so to speak? Yes. So, um, you know, we, we all go through trials in life. You know, God is no respecter of persons, whether you're a believer or non-believer, we all go through sufferings. We all go through trials in life. Um, but James in chapter one of his book, and and this is, um, James who was the half brother of Jesus who wrote this said, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for, you know, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and the, that steadfastness have its full effect <clears throat> that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. So that if we lack wisdom, we need to go to the Lord and he gives generously. The, the thing about test, you know, God does test our faith because out of it, however we react to suffering um, could be wherever we are spiritually, how, wherever we are from a spiritual aspect is God needing to nudge us a little bit. Okay. You got to rely on him. You know, if the world was perfect as it initially was, you know, in Genesis one and two, um, we, we, God was there, but the, we fell. Okay. We, Adam sinned and, and we've all, we're all, we're all born sinners. When something bad happens in life or when we go through trials or we go through suffering, even it could be a suffering, it could be a lifelong disease or um, uh, being disabled or whatever it might be. But God uses that for our good in ways of, you know, how are we committed to him? You know, what is our commitment level to him? What, what are we doing? Are we putting our, our, um, our careers, our jobs, our children ahead of God? That's a great point. Children ahead of God. That is a great point. They, our children can become idols. Absolutely. And mothers are notorious for this. Sometimes fathers as well. Um, that we, we, they, we make anything, when I say ahead of an idol, anything that we, it, it, I, when I say idols or where I talk about idols, this isn't. Not the, statues. No, not statues. Not statues. Because idols in our, in our, in the Western culture, in our lives today have to do with things 
other that we put a priority into that are above God. Okay. And so, you know, we can do this in, in a myriad of ways. And so, um, the idol for you know, making sure that am I, is God my priority? Am I putting God first in everything in my life or who am I putting ahead of God that I'm not giving God his due? So that's what I talk about with respect to idols. So we have about uh, five or six minutes left and chapter 12 talks about assurance versus no assurance. And then it talks about a dream that you had. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that, you know, if it would better way to close the book when God calls um, with a dream that you had that you believe that gave you the assurance of, of what this book basically speaks about concerning you and your son and obviously your husband. Can you relate that to us? And then after that, let people know if how they can get in touch with you, even if they just want to ask you a question or, or whatever. If I may, in the last three or four minutes, tell me about that dream. Okay. So um, I kind of, I kind of, ca- um, uh, kind of bring it all together with respect to the assurance of what God did for me. It's kind of the, the trilogy as a, you know, the first one was the two months that I had with Ryan. Then it was the, with the conversation two weeks prior to his death. And then this dream that happened a couple of months after he passed I had a, a a dream where you know you, <clears throat> you 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 feel like you're actually awake. So it's one of those. It's you almost you're not sure if it's a vision or it's right, a dream, but it's right. you know I'm going to call it more of a dream. But I'm in this state of um, I was completely you know um, in a in a place where I there was suddenly a, an extremely bright light that came through a window. I remembered feeling absolutely paralyzed. Um, too scared to move. And I kind of equate that to um, uh, James and, and Peter being in, in John with the transfiguration, just mm. being scared, become mm. dead like, you know, where you're, you're seeing this and you're like, wow, and you're just in this state of, of being frozen. And I remember just seeing this absolutely beautiful creature to initially, I was thinking, oh, wow, am I seeing Ryan? Am I seeing Ryan? And, um, but also knowing that, no, that can't be, I'm not right, seeing right. Ryan because God, you, despite, as I say, what the Hollywood movies like to uh, showcase, um, God doesn't do that. We do not see our loved ones um, after they pass. But uh, as it turns out to me, I just, this, it was this beautiful creature. And I, I remember believing that it, it, thinking it was an angel who just simply kissed me on the cheek. And I woke up just in this, and crying because it was, and, and I knew, and I knew right then and there, it was this, that God was just saying to me that in the midst of the deepest pain that I felt and the heartache that was happening to have an angel just kiss me on the cheek to let me know all was well, all was well. And I honestly, Pastor, did not know um, until many years later, because I wasn't, I didn't study the angels or anything like that. I knew what the Lord had said that God sends, he uses angels, um, but he specifically uses angels for, to minister to his beloved people. Yes. people. Yeah. He, he, he uses them and he used this angel. He sent me this angel 
to again give me the assurance of his love, his salvation, of eternal life with Jesus Christ. And that's where my son was. Amen. Dawn, so um, how can people get in touch with you as we uh, start to wrap up here? Just um, maybe they have a question. Maybe they're going through something that you may be going through similar to what you're going through. Um, maybe just to reach out as a friend or maybe to uh, have a counseling session. I mean, that, 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 and, and that's, I know that's not what you're here for. And that you, we're here to just give God glory. And, but still in all, somebody may be going through um, something like this. So how can they well, reach pastor, out to you? Pastor, the <clears throat> first place, um, one of the first places I would go straight, they can reach out to you. Yeah. Because you, you pastor Gromali you know, at Gmail. That's yeah. right. So the, I, I mean, re reach out to Desert Sky. I know that um, I believe you, you all can still, people can order the book or find out about the yeah, book. Yeah, it's on, on the website. website. Yeah, it's on the website. Um, I am also in the uh, ACBC, which is the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. I'm on their website as well in the um, Mesa, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, they can reach out. I have a website that is called masterstouchministries.net. Um and then the book is also on amazon.com. Again, it's when God calls and, or they can reach out to the publisher, which is bookbaby.com. So the pub publisher also um, will get the book to people. So there's kind of a, a variety of ways that if you wanted to reach out for the book, but also you can reach me through Master's Touch, through Pastor Grimaldi, um, or through the ACBC website. Dawn Thomas, it's been an honor to have you here um, to spend Man, almost an hour between last time and this time. Hey, come back someday and talk with us. You know, uh, you know us, us street talk theologians, you know, we, we try to take it to the street and bring it to the street. Well, you know what? You brought it to the street for us. Thank you. In your home and what you went through with your family. And one thing we can say, he's a good God. Amen. And the Bible says he does all things well. This is Pastor Dominic Romaldi for Street Talk Theology. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.